from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avari, still here in the VSIN studio with Wes Reynolds. Huge thanks to Bob Nightingale for joining us in the last segment to talk MLB. If you missed any of that, and also we have Chris Andrews, of course, from the South Point, join us at this first segment at the top of the last hour. So if you missed any, you can always check it out at vsin.com. Uh, we haven't really talked a lot of basketball yet today, Wes. So let's talk about NBA Game 5, obviously going on tomorrow. Uh, what are your initial thoughts here? Looking at the line, the Suns are a four-point favorite at home. Total opened at 218, now 218.5, even two. 19 in some I'm spots. hoping more Suns money comes in so I can bet the Milwaukee Bucks here. I think eventually we are going to see the end of this home streak that really we've seen throughout the playoffs. We have seen, like Chris Andrews mentioned, open three and a half. This did go up to four because uh, if you look at it, you know, betters are going to bet kind of what they saw last. And look, they haven't seen a road game or a road team win yet this series. But I do think Milwaukee now has at least a little bit of the confidence here going forward. I think now it seems like Giannis and nobody ever really knows who's 100% and who's not but he certainly has been putting up numbers that that he's more healthy than not so you got to think he's going to continue to get it out and at least perform somewhat although that points up prop did go way under 34 and a half it just got in 
deflated after those two 40-point games. So 26-14, and 14, Chris Middleton did step up. Drew Holiday has really got to be the key for them. He was 420 from the floor in game number four. So you've got to get some consistency out of him shooting the basketball. Him and Middle, He and Middleton, I thought, really were good together. Shot about 50% combined in game three. But Middleton really had to carry the load. Uh, Devin Booker obviously responded from his poor game where he got pulled from the game early, basically, in the fourth quarter by Monty Williams in game three. So he did respond. So now it's like, okay, when is Chris Paul going to respond? So you would be looking at that to say, okay, are we going to see positive regression in terms of those props? I have not uh, bet these props as of yet. But just from the overall game standpoint, I do like the Bucks side here to go up 3-2. Well, you're talking about these star players. Obviously, we've seen 40-point performances or more from multiple players. We saw Devin Booker do it. We saw Chris Middleton grab 40. Giannis did it twice. So are you expecting to see that trend continue at this point? Are we Because there is also a prop you can bet uh, 40 points by any player. I don't know if we'll quite see 40 here. I haven't bet the total. But look, now this is game five. So you're kind of thinking, okay, this is the game where we're going to get a defensive. Because we sometimes see this throughout the playoffs where it's like two to two. And then you get those games in the 90s. I don't think this is going to quite get to that. And right now, I think the current high in the market on that total is Circus Sports at 219. So sometimes you can kind of screen watch a little bit and get an indicator. Maybe an odds maker is telling you who they like or certain books take a little bit more sharp or at least a little bit more higher limit action, certainly. And Circus Sports is one of those. So I uh, have not bet the under yet. Lean that way likely lay off of that because it looks like Circus is given a little bit of an over lean here. So you know, I'm not going to, I don't think that we're going to see another 40 point game, at least in the next game. I think it's probably going to be at least a little bit more dispersed and a little bit more even in terms of the points. I would certainly at least lean a little bit to the Chris Paul overs, but is he showing a little bit of wear and tear? He's playing high minutes. And that's really what you saw in game three, because Jeff Van Gunny made a comment after the Suns went up two to nothing, both double digit wins. He goes, look, you know, they weren't a threat to lose the game, but he goes, these guys look tired at the end of the game because they've been playing a lot of minutes and I thought you really saw that materialized more in game three now in game four after those couple days off the Suns really that was kind of I don't know if it was a bad beat but it was kind of a tough beat for the Phoenix Suns if you took that four and a half or five because they were basically covering the whole game might have got a couple calls their way Devin Booker probably had about seven or eight fouls but only five of them were called so you know Suns uh, maybe uh, it evens out there but I thought Suns should have covered the game they did not so uh you know, I, this is a competitive series again. I think those Suns and four mantras obviously out. And I, I never thought this was going to be a sweep really either way. Well, we'll get to more of those props with Aaron Rinning, obviously. But I want to touch on what you said about we're seeing a really hot home streak, obviously. So a prop you can actually bet on DraftKings is number of road wins in the NBA Finals. So you can bet over a half, right? So one at minus 370 or under at plus 280. You can also bet one road win at minus 175, zero road wins at plus 280, or two road wins at plus 750. I'm not going to bet that prop, but <laughs> and I usually don't bet like these really random props anyway, but I would say there's at least going to be one road win in that series, and that's why it's priced accordingly. That's just basically saying it's not going to be home sweep for seven games, so I think that road win might come tomorrow. All right. Well, that's why you're seeing it at minus 175. Let's bring in Aaron Rennie to talk about NBA next on My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Alvari here in the VSIN studio with Wes Reynolds and ready to bring in Aaron Rinning, our professional NFL and NBA handicapper who we usually have join us on Fridays. Aaron, thanks so much for making time for us. Absolutely. Uh, Wes, Danielle, glad to be with you guys. So, Aaron, game five between the Bucks and the Suns. What's your number on this game? Um, well, uh, I would have to say, you know, at this point, it's pretty much right on everything as far as the total uh, and the side. I, I mean, I, I think we've seen, you know, the first four games, the total has been pretty much right on. Um, and, and the side, you know, my numbers have probably leaned a little bit uh, to Milwaukee uh, in the series. And, you know, quite honestly, that's the way it probably should be when you consider the talent on these two teams. I mean, it's always difficult to have been watching NBA playoffs for a long time. And, you know, whatever team has the best player, the, the dominant player, and I don't think there's any question here, it's uh, Giannis uh, for the Bucks. They're always, you can never discount uh, that team. But even if you go a step further, I think you have all-star caliber players with three of them here uh, with the Bucks, uh, and, you know, two of them with the Suns with Paul and Booker. So we've seen that talent play out the last couple of games uh, in Milwaukee. However, I believe I was on the show last week and I said, Phoenix is the better basketball team as far as playing uh, together, et cetera. So you have to kind of incorporate that, understand that, uh, you know, things like that, the little things, uh, the stuff on the margins might not be in that number. Aaron, uh, after the first couple games, it looked like it was obviously with the 2-0 lead, it was going to be runaway for MVP for Chris Ball. But now we've seen, uh, you know, played okay in game three, 8 of 14, 19 points, 9 assists. But the game four uh, really struggled shooting the basketball. So I think a lot of folks are maybe not dismissing that just as a bad game, but saying, okay, now the older guy is starting to show a little bit of his wear and tear here. Do you just dismiss that as one bad game? Or do you think Phoenix all of a sudden now playing all these minutes They've had to play with a little less depth with Sarich Hurt and a couple other guys, you know, not necessarily 100%. Do you think these guys are starting to show their wear and tear at this point in the series? You know, it's, you know, obviously Chris Paul's been a little bit banged up uh, throughout the playoffs, uh, going back to his shoulder and then supposedly his hands, uh, whatever. Booker uh, with the uh, broken nose. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks, for the most part, have been really about the most healthy team uh, of these dominant teams in the playoffs so far. And I I think that's shown to a certain degree. I I mean, to me, it's really what has kind of changed the tone of the series to a degree. And you could really see it in that second game is when Drew Holiday really took a more aggressive approach to defense on Chris Paul, picked him up at three-quarters court. Uh, I mean, you watch him play, doesn't really give him any sort of room uh, is fighting through screens, et cetera. Um, and, and, you know, to, to Holiday's credit, he has not been good uh, offensively, but he's really done a great job kind of changing things from a defensive standpoint. And when he's not guarded Chris Paul, he's guarded uh, Booker uh, quite a bit as well. So that's kind of been, uh, certainly from a defensive perspective, the catalyst uh, for him. One thing to watch uh, Holiday, kind of shockingly, if you watched him play defense the last two games of Milwaukee, just one personal foul. Uh, watch to see if he gets in a little bit more foul trouble here in game five. And, and with that said, um, you know, you, I think you do kind of look at the Chris Paul over props here uh, coming back for game five on their home court. 
uh, you have a Hall of Fame player kind of on a rebound game. Well, Aaron, obviously a lot of different ways that you can handicap these type of games. If we take a look at shot quality data, right, which measures the overall quality of possessions, the Bucks had an 88% chance to win in games two and three, 92% in game four. Is that something in terms of data that you look at and, and consider when you handicap a series like this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all this stuff is, is certainly uh, come to fruition the, the last couple of years. And, you know, that's been really uh, the big thing here for Milwaukee these last, especially these last two games where they've really kind of controlled the paint, certainly controlled the shots at the rim um, in game three and four in Milwaukee. Uh, the average shot distance for Milwaukee uh, in the last game was about seven, uh, seven seven feet from the rim, the average shot distance for the Phoenix Suns, about 10 and a half feet. So, I mean, the Bucks are just getting, yeah, basically better shots. You look at the, the shots from zero to four feet, uh, Milwaukee, uh, game four, 21 of 32, Phoenix Suns, nine of 12. Uh, you know, the Lakers really won the NBA title by playing that bully ball and beating teams at the rim. Now, to me, uh, Danielle, the big thing here is Phoenix and the Bucks have uh, allowed generally pretty, you know, have allowed teams to shoot well from the three-point land. I mean, they were about the worst in the NBA last year, I think third to worst uh, this year. If you look at it, the last two games uh, in Milwaukee, uh, the Phoenix uh, Suns shot 16 of 54, a little under 30% from the three-point land. They're not going to win the series shooting that poorly. Now, Back on their home floor, remember game two, they shot 20 of 40, 50%. To me, that's kind of what this series is going to come down to. And certainly uh, games three and four, Booker and Paul, two of 16 uh, from the three-point line. So, uh, yeah, sir, that that is vital here for the Suns. They have to pick it up. And, you know, they definitely got a lot better looks in game one and two. Uh, those were kind of taken away, but... Um, you know, again, on their home court, they can kind of get back to that ball move and get those open shots. ER, uh, much was made of uh, the Milwaukee Bucks in terms of uh, the word adjustment was used a lot uh, with uh, Mike Budenholzer. I know uh, you have been a critic of his as of I in terms of what was going on, but I don't even know if it was so much adjustments. I just think Milwaukee kind of got out executed in games one and games two, but then they respond in three and four. So what does Phoenix do? And I think specifically you brought up the point there in, in, in your last uh, answer in terms of okay, how do we get these guys not to just bully us at the rim, or is it kind of like we're kind of stuck right now without Sarich and we only have DeAndre Ayton as a true big guy? Is there really anything that they can do where they can kind of force them to take the bait and take a lot more jump shots instead of playing that bully ball head down, whether it's Giannis or whether it's even Middleton or, or Holiday driving to the rim or anybody else, where they can push them out and kind of make them take the bait and take jumpers? Yeah, that's... You know, these teams have to try to build a wall up for Giannis. And, and obviously, I mean, that's kind of the one of the interesting things in this series. If you go back to the Brooklyn series, if you go back to the Atlantic series, Atlanta series for Milwaukee, it was Giannis who, you know, I, I guess you could say would disappear for six minutes at a time offensively where he just really wouldn't give you anything, where he couldn't get to the rim. Uh, the passing lanes were not open. So Phoenix has to figure that out because we, we just really haven't seen that lull from Giannis from an offensive per perspective uh, in this series. You know, get an offensive foul or two uh, on him. And, you know, he's 
I think the refs have been very kind in Milwaukee. Uh, any kind of contact, he seems to got to be able to get to the free throw line, certainly in game three. Uh, that was the case. I think that's one of the things that uh, Phoenix can can certainly try to do, especially on their home court. As I mentioned, you know, Drew Holiday playing this aggressive style defense. You know, Chris Paul's a savvy enough guy. Look at, you know, Trey Young and even the Nets in, in, in the other series where they would get Holiday in foul trouble or some of these guys into, into foul trouble. And, you know, the Bucks are so low on depth. And, again, you know, Paul has kind of struggled uh, with uh, the Holiday defense. You get him off the court, you get him in some sort of foul trouble, you know, it brings in Jeff Teague into the equation, Forbes. Uh, I mean, that's a totally different planet from a defensive uh, perspective. So um, look for that. And, you know, maybe Chris Paul tried to get to the free throw line, Booker get to the free throw line, uh, trying to draw these fouls from these guys. After the last game that we saw from Chris Paul, what are your concerns at this point about his health? Are you worried at all about Chris Paul? Is he kind of running low here? It's interesting because if you watched – uh, Chris Paul, even late in the regular season, you know, that's the thing. He would have games, I forget, you know, 36 years old, whatever he is, he would have games where he certainly wasn't his Hall of Fame self, his all-star uh, kind of self uh, in those games. And that just happens, I guess, you know, when you're a point guard, you rely on your quickness. And, you know, I think that's another thing. You go back to the Atlanta series. You know, Trey Young was so adept at getting around that pressure defense. You know, he could, he could get past it at half court, and that would just create a lot of other options for this Atlanta offense, or that Atlanta offense. Chris Paul just can't, you know, seem to dictate that with his quickness anymore, certainly over Holiday uh, in this series. So, yes, Danielle, uh, it is a little bit concerning. He had some poor games or uh, maybe a poor game against the Clippers and closed things out strong. So, uh, I'd be uh, I'd be a betting man on Chris Paul in this game on a bounce back in game five. ER, in terms of uh, just from an overall game perspective, and you mentioned it here at the top, look, the number kind of is what it is here. It's basically you're not really going to get a lot of line value or line variance when you're in game five of the NBA Finals and just a max of three games left. So, you know, understandably, if you can't find a number pre-flop, uh, are you going to be looking at, at this point? And I know we kind of talked about that last weekend. We bumped into each other down at Circa watching the UFC fights at the uh, warehouse. By the way, great place to watch the fights if you're in town and not in the T-Mobile arena for the card. But anyway, we were talking about the fact that, look, I think the numbers are kind of what they are. You just don't see a lot of value maybe betting a total pre-flop or a side pre-flop. It's going to be dictated on the number. So would you be looking, are you basically at this point in the season looking more at just strictly in-game stuff from here on out? That's a great question. I, I think you're always open to that, and I think you can try to find some things. Obviously, um, you know, the trend so far of this series, every first half has gone under the total. Um, I, I was out a little bit watching the game four, and guys were picking up on that, trying to bet in-game over the total, over 210, which uh, turned into a winner. So uh, you can do uh, things like that. In fact, uh, this game, I, I do side uh, with the Phoenix Suns. I'm not exactly comfortable uh, laying the three and a half, four, exactly what it is. I might grab some uh, money line pre-flop. But with that said, I, I would kind of wait in game. I still think, um, you know, it, it's interesting because, of course, Phoenix led all of game four 
uh, West, as you mentioned, covering for all but 19 seconds uh, in that game. So you never really had a chance uh, with the Suns. You probably get that opportunity here. I'm probably going to wait and see if I get a a chance for Phoenix uh, minus two, something like that uh, in this game on the bounce back. I still think uh, they're, they're a little bit more capable of closing things out. It wasn't quite that way in game four, a little bit different on your home court. So yes, you can think, look for things like that, kind of have a plan uh, of attack if you will. And you know, that's the beauty right now. Uh, You have all kinds of options to bet the NBA finals here uh, in game and and have some opportunities to to do some different things. And it seems almost more advantageous at this point to do that than look at futures. But when we take a look at the series price here, the Suns minus 135 to win the series, the Bucks plus 115. And then we look at the NBA final MVP odds. We still see Giannis Antetokounmpo plus 130 to win, Chris Paul plus 175, Devin Booker plus 260. If you liked the Bucks here, what we've been hearing a lot really is would you just go with a Giannis finals MVP odd bet instead? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way to play it. If he can find a plus uh, 130, it uh, makes all kinds of sense to me because he certainly has a, at least an outside chance of winning MVP um, if if uh, uh, if the Bucks get beat in this series. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I mean, the most valuable player, I don't think there's any question, uh, Giannis has been the most valuable player so far in this series for either team, really win or lose. So uh, that's just it. And as I mentioned, um, you know, he has been the, the best player in this series by a pretty decent margin at this point uh, in his career. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to discount uh, that. But, yeah, out of playing the, the prices, I would probably lean here towards doing anything. It would, uh, I would skip the Suns or the Bucks and probably uh, take a flyer on uh, Giannis. ER, one more before I let you go here, and uh, not on the NBA Finals, and I don't know how much Olympic betting you're going to be doing as the basketball tournament. We'll start in Tokyo in about a week, week and a half, but two replacements today on the team. Kevin Love out, JaVale McGee in, Bradley Beal out, and now Keldon Johnson in. Your impression of this team, because I think everybody is starting to get a little work, maybe not everybody, but people are starting to get a little lukewarm on USA's chances. Still down at $4 pretty much market-wide on the minus side. Uh, your impressions, though, of what you've seen from this team so far, and do you think uh, you still obviously believe that they are the relative favorite to win, despite the fact that they have a lot of Roster attrition. Uh, you know, I haven't paid a lot of attention to it, Wes. I'm uh, looking to take a little break from basketball. It's been quite the grind since we started things up. Uh, I guess uh, last uh, about August first, about this time uh, last year in the bubble, and we short turned around before October. However, I, I think when you you think about things and you see uh, guys kind of going by the wayside uh, for Team USA and. All these other countries are obviously going to be very hungry. And, you know, keep in mind, it's, it's really a, uh, a roster full of NBA players, and they've been on this crazy NBA grind uh, for the last year. Uh, and you really saw it, I, I thought, towards the end of the regular season, even into the playoffs, guys getting hurt. Uh, guys were just uh, spent, uh, if you will. So, I, you know, you're not getting this fresh – Uh, U.S. basketball team, so I would say they're probably going to be a little vulnerable. Aaron, thanks so much for making the time for us. Enjoy Game 5 and enjoy the weekend. Absolutely. Same to you guys. Thank you. Thanks, ER.
So you can follow ER on Twitter at ERSports1. Uh, and it looks like he agreed with you on most of what we talked about there. Yeah, absolutely. I would think Chris Ball is going to bounce back. I'm leaning a little more to the Milwaukee side. But if you don't get the number you want, you can always wait for the end game. Best bets and more coming up on My Guys in the Desert. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. In with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRiver Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, it's Danielle Vari and Wes Reynolds. And Wes, I know we are just starting to trickle back into baseball here, but do you have any best bets for today? Yeah, I do have a couple, and I did take it light on this card because I like to do that anyway after the All-Star break. And same thing for the NBA. I often think, you know, a couple
couple days off for these guys and maybe guys are a little bit out of whack so you don't want to really load up necessarily on the card and want to pick your spots but a couple unders tonight on the diamond even at this time of year where the temperature is hot all over the country always a little dangerous but gonna go ahead and do it Red Sox Yankees one of the obvious reasons Yankees very shorthanded in terms of the plate of course are Shella Aaron Judge so you look at the bottom of this lineup for the New York Yankees Chris Gittens in the lineup at first base Trey Amberge Tim Locastro guys that don't exactly see a lot of action for the pinstripe so Yankees a little bit shorthanded and uh, I also look at the Boston side I think Erod's due for a little bit of positive regression I know that ERA at 552 looks bad but he's also had a little bad luck against him in terms of batting average balls in play 361 so the XFIP about a little over two runs better so I think you're going to get at least a little bit of positive regression on Erod Jordan Montgomery really has probably been one of the Yankees most consistent pitchers this year in terms of the numbers you've seen even Garrett Cole have a couple shaky outings even though he is still their ace uh, but Tyone has been inconsistent and uh, uh, the guy that they uh, what's that guy's name Michael somebody that they call, I'm sorry I lost the guy's name but Michael King some of these temporary starters that that they bring up here just have not gotten the job done so Red Sox getting the money I do like the under at nine and a half tonight also going with the Rangers and the Blue Jays in terms of the under minus nine and a half and uh, really it's almost more of a play just on the Robbie Ray side Robbie Ray has finally figured it out these walks have been down a little bit lately he looked uh, best outing of the season really before the all-star break went seven strong at Tampa and struck out 11 only walked one and only allowed one hit didn't give up an earned run so he's had some very good outings and he's been going the distance if you go all the way back to June he's only had one start where he hasn't gone six innings or more and that was at Baltimore on June 18th so starting to go a little deeper in the games the strikeout numbers have been up 11 at Tampa Bay and then 10 against Seattle a couple games ago had 10 in Fenway against the Red Sox had 13 in Chicago against the White Sox so against really good lineups too he's been striking out and putting up these type of numbers so Texas Rangers uh you know they're going to be obvious sellers and I just uh, they I don't think that they have the power at the plate aside from Joey Gallo so under nine and a half for me I know this open 10 but I think at nine and a half it's still good juice I'm seeing out there is about minus 115 minus 120 so Sox Yankees for nine and a half and the same price minus under nine and a half Rangers and Blue Jays we're going to talk more about the MLB slate tonight obviously in the next couple segments here but I want to get your reaction on some NBA news we have today also place for me to WNBA is not back till August 15th so uh we'll have some are you doing some basketball on the side absolutely but it's kind of hard because the women's team just so heavily favored and by the way that team USA did defeat against Australia without uh Liz Cage who I don't know maybe her mates on the team or how kind of her go she's uh caused a little of a consternation apparently there was incident Nigeria team, but no, and Beige going to go for Team Australia, who's one of the competitors team you. Right. Who's that came yesterday? Obviously, she let me know she's decided to withdraw, but I'm talking about Tim Lillard is really what the ask. So there's a rumor circulating, maybe asking for a trade. He said he made any firm decisions about his future. Think he stays or goes? Now the 
are 50 to 1 to win next year's NBA well, title. Well, I don't believe he's a free agent until 2024, so I, I don't think that they necessarily want to let it go unless you mm -hmm. get the offer that you're looking for. Of course, a new coach up there in Portland, Chauncey Billups, obviously uh, a team that I think has potential when you have that kind of star, but you need a little bit more around him, and I think they've kind of gone as far as they can go with this current mix, so do they ship C.J. McCollum out and kind of change the team there? Terry Stotts out, Chauncey Billups in, so I think he's going to be there at least next year. Something's got to give definitely for the Blazers. We'll look at adjusted win totals in the MLB next right here on My Guys in the Desert. In. The college football season is right around the corner, and that means the VSIN College Football Betting Guide is coming soon. Our experts look at the impact of the transfer portal, key games on the schedule, and early season trends to watch so you have a betting edge this football season. The guide is only $19.99, and discounts are available when you buy early, so now is the time to reserve your copy or just sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Daniel Alvari and Wes Reynolds back here on My Guys in the Desert ready to talk about some adjusted win totals so you can find these on DraftKings. This is the last day you can get these bets in. Let's start with the AL East here. So we have the Red Sox, the new number sitting at 92 and a half. The Rays at 90 and a half, the Yankees 87 and a half, the Blue Jays 85 and a half, and the Orioles 58 and a half. Which team stands out to you here on this board? Yeah, and I know uh, everybody's going to bet the Orioles uh, uh, from what I've been hearing, some tips on that, and they might be selling to all these bottom feeders, I think, really in these divisions are going to be selling. Orioles, Texas Rangers, Rockies. We talked about a lot of these teams with Bob Nightingale. So in terms of the East, Based on the current numbers as they are, I would look a little bit at the Tampa Bay Rays in the over, over 90 and a half, because I do think Tampa, I know we're not used to them kind of being buyers, but look, they're World Series contenders, and they need another arm, I think, without Tyler Glass now in there, even though uh, McClanahan, I think, has been very solid for them. Uh, Rich Hill, you know, has been okay, good enough, and they obviously have these openers that they throw out there throughout the season. They've thrown, like, Colin McHugh out there and Luis Patino and those type of guys, but they need another starting arm in that rotation I fully expect they're going to get one whether it's like Barrios or whether it's John Gray perhaps from Colorado they kind of have to at this standpoint they're right up there they're a rightful contender got a good chance I think to represent the American League along with Boston along with the two in the West we of course talked about with Oakland and Houston the Chicago White Sox certainly in that mix but I think Tampa's going to go get an arm and I think they're going to keep that consistency uh, uh, you know they built a decent culture down there I think Kevin Cash has improved as a manager over the years in terms of his decision making and kind of how he disperses the innings with his pitchers he was kind of one of the first ones to do this opener type thing where you have a guy go out and throw maybe one and two thirds or two and a third or something like that and then make it a bullpen type of game so I would say I'd be looking in the AL East to bet the Rays over 90 and a half because quite frankly one of the things I'm going to hold on the Yankees because like what Bob Nightingale said I don't know what they're going to do 
I don't know how aggressive they're going to be. And really, they're just kind of uh, stuck in the middle with this position right now. And then, you know, Aaron Judge now out due 10 days due to COVID, as is Urshela. So it's kind of going to be like if they start out badly, like let's say they get swept by the Red Sox this weekend, then all of a sudden they're back at 500. I don't think there's going to be a lot of optimism in the Bronx. So maybe they at least start to sell. I think uh, I think I saw a segment. I think Vinny was in with you a couple days ago. And Vinny's like, they should absolutely sell. And I kind of agreed with them because I don't know what they can do really to catch these teams. I don't know if they have enough to generate enough of a return to go ahead and do that. So I think the Rays, if you're looking at the over here, I would certainly do that. And I like the Blue Jays. I don't think they're going to have enough. I think they're going to make a run, but I think they're going to fall short of the playoffs, at least in terms of the wild card. But they're starting to hit the ball as that uh, that guy in the All-Star game uh, hit one uh, pretty darn far, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and he's right there, I think, in the MVP race in the AL, just a little bit behind Otani. I think the Blue Jays, they're probably a year away. I think they're a year away from really being a contender in this division, so you might be a little early on them. I would certainly lean to the over, though, at 85.5, which really not much of a pronounced difference because of obviously the division that they are in. So lean Blue Jays over, but I definitely like Tampa over. Man, the Blue Jays, though, pretty fun team to watch. Pretty fun Yeah, absolutely, team. and their pitching has been very good. Like we were talking about uh, for the uh, best bets tonight, I like the under in that Blue Jays game. Robbie Ray finally has been the Robbie Ray that we really thought he was going to be. Uh, he's really cut down on the walks. That's kind of been the uh, the Achilles heel for him, and they've got some good young pitchers, too. Alec Manoa, Injun Ryu has been very good this year. Steven Matz has regressed a little bit, but I think he's been pretty solid, as has Ross Stripling, so... I do like the Blue Jays. I would lean to the over, but I think the number's about right. What about on the other side of things, the NL East? If we take a look here, the Mets number now 88 and a half. I believe it was much higher at the start of the season here. The Braves 82 and a half. The Phillies also 82 and a half. The Nationals number 78 and a half. And then the Marlins sitting at 72 and a half. Anything that sticks out in particular on this board? The Philadelphia Phillies, and I talked about them yeah. earlier. I think that they are going to be the comer here in this division. Maybe a little more so than the Braves because the Braves, like we were talking about earlier, sitting on the fence. I know they acquired Jock Peterson, but I don't know if that's like a difference-making thing where it's like, okay, we got young Jock here. Now we're all of a sudden going to win, you know, 15 of our next 20. I don't think that that's the type of move. I still think uh, I'm a little bit surprised. You know, they made a deal with the Cubs. They didn't get their old uh, their old closer there, Craig Kimbrell. Now, obviously, you got to give up a lot to go ahead and get him, but the Braves do need help in the bullpen. They really need help in the back end of the rotation. Phillies in the front of the rotation has obviously been have obviously been very good. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nolan. Zach Eflin is going to go tonight. And by the way, the Philadelphia Phillies trying to close out the Marlins here in the first of two, five to two, uh, top of the seventh Marlins, two outs, basically down to their last out here. So I think the Phillies are going to be the team to watch. I think in, in the second half of the season, uh, uh, G Roddy, uh, Joe Girardi, the former Yankees manager now running the show there in Philadelphia. They seem like they're starting to hit a little bit more and, uh, Bryce could get hot. I think here at the end of the summer, he went one for three today, but that top end of the lineup with Segura and Harper and Hoskins and DD Gregorius, I think can start to get really hot. So I do like the Phillies on the over there. I don't know really what I want to do with the rest of the division. The thing about the Mets and I, think that they're the rightful favorite but they're always an injury away if you followed the Mets over all these years we could get our colleague Jeff Barles who's a big Mets fan to talk about this they always seem to have a pitcher go down they always seem to have a burnout a pitcher we know Cindergard's already went already went down this year but if DeGrom goes down 
this team is in a world of hurt, I think. And and this is a team that still hasn't really gotten hot at the plate either. So I think that total is about right. I'm going to stay away. Nats, I do think in the next couple of weeks, are going to determine if they're going to be sellers, if they're going to sell off Kyle Schwarber when he comes back from the DL. Max Scherzer maybe could be on the move. So I think the Nats made their run. And then once Kyle Schwarber went down after he got on that hot streak when he moved to the leadoff spot, then it was kind of like, okay, we kind of know where we are here. So if you're looking at over in the NL East, it would be the Philadelphia Phillies who are uh, trying to close out the Miami Marlins here. But Joe Panic uh, does get on base here with two outs. It's kind of nice they have these updated win totals too, right? Because mm-hmm. normally you see these at the start of the season and then you don't see them again. Well, and a lot of things too is because you have so many sports going on. That's right in the crux of the NCAA tournament. Football just got over. So sometimes you might get a little behind on your baseball prep and not be able to do a lot of season totals and put in that work before the season where you've really been following spring ball and really been doing your research and whatnot. So this does give you another opportunity if you want to be in that market. And next, we'll have another opportunity to talk about the Open Championship or the British Open, whichever you prefer. I don't want to ruffle any feathers here. We'll do that. We don't want a kerfuffle, right? Yeah, I don't want to see a (laughs) kerfuffle on set here. Uh, We'll be back on My Guys in the Desert. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Go to OddsTrader.com, download the free OddsTrader app right now, and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Back for the last time here on My Guys in the Desert today, Daniel Alvari and Wes Reynolds on a Friday. Uh, the Phillies did just defeat the Marlins here, 7-5 to five in Game 1, 7 innings there, so Game 2 coming up next. But let's update the odds of the Open Championship after Round 2. So obviously, Louis Oosthuizen leading the pack right now with Colin Morikawa uh, hot on his tail at this point, Wes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Louis Oosthuizen and already two runner-ups this year in major championships. So trying to get one better. Always the proverbial bridesmaid. He did, of course, win the Open <laughs> Or Champions. groomsmen. You know. Yes, yes. And, and, or groomsmen, yes. I, know, we'll, I want to we'll try to bring that in. We'll be gender neutral I'm going to start here. that. Gender I'm going to start neutrality. saying always a groomsman, never a groom. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, they both nevertheless apply here. Oosthuizen did win the Open Championship in 2010 at St. Andrews and won by a very comfortable margin. But he has won multiple times around the world, European Tour, Sunshine Tour down in his native South Africa. So it's not like he was a one-trick pony, but he only officially has one PGA Tour win because this is both a PGA Tour and a European Tour, really a worldwide event here at the Open Championship. And Louis Oosthuizen, I believe, uh, I heard some a commentator, I can't remember who it was, say he's like one of 200 for closing these out. So he's only won the one time. So he is a vulnerable leader. I think he's the rightful favorite here at 5-2. to two. I think he can be taken on a little bit. I have a short price there. This be a DraftKings if these prices are accurate. 4-1 to one, Jordan Spieth. I have him 22-1 to one to win the thing. So, look, I think he's in the rightful position, certainly to capitalize. He'll be in that second-to-last group with his old college teammate from Texas, Dylan Fratelli, who is on that NCAA championship team with him. So I think that should be a pretty good pairing for the two. Certainly comfortable. They play a lot of golf together. So I could definitely see that. Uh, Colin Marikawa, obviously, his his irons were on point today. And that's what I was worried about because he's the best iron player in the game. Like, if you say who's the best iron player of all time, it's Tiger Woods. But who has the best irons right now? It's Colin Marikawa from the fairway on approach into the green. Now, he probably needs to get a little better on the greens and putt a little better, and that's what's a little bit worrisome on Marikawa this weekend. Despite the fact that he has a major championship already at the age of 23, now 24, he won the PGA last summer in San Francisco up at Harding Park uh, in August. So he has major championship pedigree, but... Does he have the pedigree, like if he takes the lead, where he's going to be able to necessarily close the deal? He kind of came and took the lead late in that round and was able to hold off all the challengers. But you worry about the putting with Marikawa, but the irons have been great, and I wasn't sure they were going to be this week because he complained, or not really complained, but certainly did address that he wasn't able to get his club really through the ball over there because I was going to say on a scale of one to Bryson, how, how much of this was an actual complaint? <laughs> yeah, probably about a two. He just was like, you know, and, and I got to adjust and that's what he did, which is the appropriate. Way. Yeah. He didn't blame uh tailor made. He, he actually put over tailor made in his uh, post uh, press conference. So maybe not quite Brooks Kepka needling of Bryson DeChambeau, but nevertheless uh, took up for his club manufacturer, which Bryson of course did not with Cobra, but nevertheless, Colin Morikawa, number one on approach on the tour, but he was having trouble getting his club through the ball on that very thick turf over there on a Lynx layout in England. And usually, uh, you know, on this side of the pond, 
a little bit more pliable is the turf so he can kind of get it clean off the ground and uh, take a nice divot on a softer surface. So you thought, okay, that's going to take a little bit of time for him to adjust. It certainly has not, though. It Well, it took time. It took about five days for him to adjust. And now he was the morning leader, uh, uh, passed, obviously, by Louis Ustase. And so 11 under is Ustase and 9 under is Marikawa. Jordan Spieth at 8 under. So I think if you're looking in terms of in play, and it really depends on your exposure, by the way, and who you may have on preflop. So I don't know how much I'm wanting to add because I'm already kind of pot committed on some of these guys still have some top twenties and some top tens pending in an indecent shape, but just evaluating some of the guys a little bit down the board, Dustin Johnson, played the best that he's probably played in about six months. Uh, right now, he is currently about 15-2 to two at BetMGM, 8-1 to one at DraftKings. He certainly made a nice rally. Seven under par, just four back. John Rahm, who is the pre-tournament favorite at 8-1, to one, now 14-1. to one. I'm not sure. I would probably still skirt John Rahm here, even though he made a nice little rally. He still does not have a top 10 at the Open Championship in four appearances. This may be his first one. So he would be a guy I would be willing to look past here, even though I had him for the U.S. Open. Scotty Scheffler, 14-1. to Interestingly enough, top 20 player in the world. Has never won on the PGA Tour as of yet. So what a way to break your maiden would be here to win a major at the Open Championship. Stranger things have happened. So of those short prices, and I'm obviously considering who I'm already involved with, with Spieth and with Brooks Kepka, of something short, you know, kind of in the teens to one range, Scotty Scheffler would probably be the one I would be looking to add. A little bit down the board, I already have Paul Casey. That's a little bit shorter than what I have for him pre-flop, about 47 to 1. I think he's clearly in good position. And if I was going a little bit down on that first column, maybe a Midliano Grillo at 65 to 1, 66 to 1. Right behind Colin Marikawa in the approach numbers and the greens and regulation gain numbers, number two is Emiliano Grillo, who is an Argentine player, probably should win a little bit more than he does because he hits it so damn good, but he puts it so damn horrible. And that's always the problem with Grillo here and why he doesn't win as much as he does. He's just one of those guys, kind of like Harold Varner, a couple other guys that you just, you know, Brady Cannon, my co-host on Long Shots, often says, I've never seen Harold Varner make a putt. And I often say, I've never seen Manny Grillo make a putt either. I know he has, but he just never does it when I'm on him. So, you know, this could be maybe too much of a step up in class, but he just hits it so good. And if the conditions stay the same where there's no wind really throughout the weekend, just 10 miles an hour and the temperature is very sunny, about 68, 69 degrees, if those conditions stay the same, maybe Manny Grillo is one of those surprises. There's always a surprise or two that kind of hang around and are on that final page of the leaderboard. It's like, oh, I never really considered them before the tournament started, but then here they are. Well, so what I'm seeing here, too, no live strokes gained data is available for this yeah. tournament. How does that affect your approach to in-tournament betting? It certainly does. I think a little bit maybe more from a matchup standpoint. Because what I like to do is if I go round by round, and I usually play more pre-tournament match or full tournament matchups, all four rounds, obviously, going forward. And then they can get decided if one of the guys you have in the matchup misses the cut on Friday afternoon. But... Usually on round by round, that's what I like to use is strokes gain data. I like to use the, especially the putting. If somebody gained, you know, five, six strokes putting, then I think that they're probably not going to duplicate that the next day. It's much easier to duplicate if you're just hitting it and ripping it off the tee or you're hitting it well on approach than it is, I think, for putting. So, 
you know, oftentimes that's going to be the big regressor, but we really don't have that. So it's tough to play the uh, tournament matchups without the official stroke gain data, which uh, I'm sure there's probably somebody tabulating that or maybe at least giving uh, you at least somewhat of a facsimile of it. But in terms of official data, I have not yet to see it. So you're kind of flying blind a little bit here more than you are with a normal tournament, like with a lot of the regular PGA Tour events. There's certainly a lot of folks that tabulate that data and you can really go round by round. Well, the other thing to consider, obviously, is something you already mentioned, the weather. It's been very pristine so far. But I know that you also kind of tipped your hat a little bit earlier about who you would like here if the weather did kind of make a turn, even though right now we're seeing clear conditions and low winds. Yeah, I would. I, I want it to get nasty, which it's not going to do, because <laughs> I think that that really favors Jordan Spieth here. Right. Because one of the things, uh, and I think it might have been Justin Leonard on the Golf Channel, a former Open champion in his own right, now kind of semi-retired from playing. And he made the observation, look, Jordan Spieth has kind of played a little bit more, and I always like to talk about the art versus the science in golf. And Jordan Spieth, I think, has played more of an artist type of game than a scientist type of game. And I think that's really better for him in this environment here on a Lynx golf setup. So I don't want him to be like, okay, all these guys are making birdies now, and, and you know, now I got to be overanalyzing it because he's been going more external. He's been more of a feel player because that's one of my knocks on Spieth over the year. It's like, he always has like a board meeting with his cat, longtime caddy, Michael Greller before a shot. And he takes so long and he's one of the slower players where they're having a, you know, a discussion basically where it's like, okay, before we make a decision, we got to have a 10 minute discussion if we want to hit the eight or the seven here. So I like that. He's been playing more as a field player and just briefly thinking about it and hitting the right shot. So I don't want that, uh, you know, paralysis by analysis here. I want him to continue to be a field player because I think that's his best uh, route of winning here in this championship. Now, I know you said there's always a surprise here, and you kind of mentioned Grillo and a couple other players. Is there anybody further down who you think could make a big move at this point? Yeah, looking at the leaderboard, I'm trying to maybe find somebody about three under or two under in that. I don't know if they can win, but they can certainly get on that first page. Uh, you know, Shane Lowry, the defending champion who has the Clara Jug, won this at Royal Port Rush in 2019, did make a nice move today. Five under par on his round, four under for the championship. Now, he's another one that would benefit from the wind picking up. He is a very good inclement weather player, as he proved last time out at Royal Port Rush when the wind started to blow on the weekend and it was absolutely pouring down rain. So perhaps him uh, looking forward uh, uh, in terms of maybe making a little bit move on the leaderboard and also uh, the South African Justin. Harding, who shot 300 today, been very consistent. He is currently at six under par, tied for seventh, and I see him about 80, 85 to one out there in the market. All right. Uh, anybody who surprised you so far in this tournament or surprised really all of the betters at this point? Well, uh, you know, these guys were favorites, but I was surprised Colin Marikawa has played that well, considering he was not very sure about his iron game coming in, but clearly he has made the adjustment. Well, we, had, I guess... we had Reed Fowler on from DraftKings, and he mentioned uh, Fleetwood. Yes. And uh, I think that Gil and Matt Brown were not not so sold on the idea and he kind of has he didn't well. make he didn't make any putts today though yeah. he's two under par he hit some bullets absolutely and i made a comment on twitter he had some really close approaches so it almost feels like he should be four or five under mm -hmm. at this standpoint and then from the guys that missed the cut obviously patrick reed i think was widely backed by a lot of respected backers i didn't have anything on him but reed not making the cut patrick cantlay not making the cut these guys are both top 10 players in the world as is terrell hatton and they're all going home for the weekend 
maybe we'll have some more surprises this weekend. We'll have to stay tuned on that. Thank you so much to Wes Reynolds for joining us on My Guys, as always. Thank you to Chris Andrews and, of course, Bob Nightingale and also Aaron Renning for making time for us as well on My Guys. Rush Hour is next. And uh, until then, if you have any bets, good luck on them tonight. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.